Welcome to another encouraging message from Pastor Jason Yalbron, lead pastor of One Community Church located in El Dorado, Arkansas. For information about the ministry of Pastor Jason or One Community Church, please visit our website at occeldorado.com. Or you can find us on Facebook by searching One Community Church El Dorado. If you have your Bibles today, go with me to the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 3, Exodus chapter 3, and also Exodus chapter 4, Exodus chapter 3, and Exodus chapter 4. We're going to look at some verses in both chapters, and we'll start with verse 11. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? Who am I? Everybody say, who am I? And that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. So he said, I will certainly be with you. And this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Then Moses said to God, indeed, when I come to the children of Israel, I will say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they say to me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. Everybody say, I am who I am. I sang the song this morning, I am who I am because the I am says I am. Amen. I want you to go to chapter 4, and I want to look at verse 1, and then we're going to go to verse 10. Then Moses answered and said, but suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they say the Lord has not appeared to you. Now skip to verse 10. Then Moses said to the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow to speech and slow of tongue. So the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth or makes the mute, the deaf, and the seeing or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth. (laughs) That's funny to me. (laughs) I will be with your mouth. I need the Lord to be with my mouth sometimes. How about y'all? Man, that's good. He said, I will be with your mouth and I will teach you what you will say. But he said, oh, my Lord, please send somebody else. Don't send me. And then the first part of verse 14. So the anger of the Lord was against Moses. In other words, God got ticked off. He's like, I've tried all these things to get you to move and tell you, you are the guy. I want you to do this. And you just keep refusing to do it, and God got mad at him. So I want to continue today, and we'll go back to Moses here in a minute, but we're going to go to some other Bible characters first. I want to talk to you and continue the series, Labels, and we started it last weekend. Did y'all enjoy the first one? If you haven't seen that, go to YouTube and watch that. It was, it was profound, not because of me, but because of the Holy Spirit. I want to continue this thought about labels, and I want to start off by telling you what I told you last week. I don't like stickers. Now, my wife will tell you this. I'm not a sticker guy. I don't like stickers. The reason I don't like stickers is because my dad was bivocational pastor, and he also was a car dealer. And I remember that's been ingrained in me. Um, He hated when he traded for a vehicle with stickers. Because you had to get a razor blade and go out there and get everything off of it, and it leaves this film. Y'all know what I'm talking about? So I don't have a lot of use for stickers, which are otherwise known as labels, okay? I don't, I don't see a lot of purposes for that because it's something so temporary 
on something that's so permanent. Okay? Did you know that happens to us? Some of the stickers and the labels that are given to us stick. And they stay with us. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Uh, I had a, uh, someone that I know that was given a nickname. Now, you know, nicknames are cute and fun and they're okay. But you got to know that every time you, you name something, you, you're actually giving life to that. And he was, uh, um, I don't know what the word is, but he was kind of an unruly little boy. And so they put a label on him, put a name on him, and that, now he's older than I am, and he's lived up to that label. He lived up to that name. And so some of these stickers or labels are some that we choose, and some of them other people choose for us. Sometimes it's perception. I want to make people think I'm like this, but you're not what people think you are. And a lot of times we step into a label based on perception. People think I'm this, so I'm going to be this. This is their expectation of me, so I'm going to step into what their expectation is. We love to force people into boxes or what we're going to call in this series labels. We love to force people into these labels and identify them. And I believe that social media feeds this frenzy and they feed this perception. I also believe that social media bullies us into this perception idea because how many of you know social media is always is, is all about perception right it's it's about who people think i am so they bully us and this is what our culture is doing they're bullying us into labeling ourselves if you will we're this label or we're that label or we're like this and we're a christian so we must be like this and so they love to put all these labels on us, these expectations. Did you know they did that to Jesus? And he kept reminding them and taking them back to the kingdom. Why did Jesus keep taking them back to the kingdom? Because it was the original design. Amen. I'm told by people who are into um, the counterfeit, who can spot counterfeit money. Uh, they asked them the question. Somebody asked them the question. How did you get so good at spotting counterfeit, the counterfeit? And they said, well, the reason we're so good at spotting counterfeit is because we spend so much time with the original. And when you spend time with the original, you can spot counterfeit. And so in our culture, in our day, we have a lot of counterfeit. We got a lot of people living up to expectations of who other people think they are, and they're not original. Does that make sense? Okay. As a shepherd, I just want to tell you, as, as a pastor, I want to tell you that, that our prayers matter more than our opinions. Okay? Now, I love opinions. My dad used to say, you know, opinions are like armpits. Everybody's got two of them, and they stink. Okay? And, and I love opinions. We're entitled to our opinion. But I want you to know, as a believer, we should pray more than we should give our opinion. Amen. And we should let our opinion be God's opinion. And so we, the only way to know what God's opinion is, is to get in His Word and to go to Him in prayer. Our job is to come in here every week throughout the week and study the original. This is the original. This is the truth. Amen? So that's our job. 
I want to make this declaration, and then I'm going to jump into this a little more. But here at One Community Church, I want you to know something. We are not a seeker-sensitive church. And we're not a seeker-sensitive church. We are a discipleship church, okay? But we're not seeker-insensitive either. Y'all hear what I just said? We're not a seeker-sensitive church. We're a discipleship church, but we're not seeker-insensitive either, okay? Now, a lot of people, a lot of people will, um, especially in spirit-filled circles, uh, they can't understand for the life of them why new people won't come to their church. And it's the same 25 or 50 people for 50 years, and it's because they're, they're, number one, they're weird. They're goofy. And they're mean. Amen? So, you know, we're not seeker sensitive. We're going to be who God's called us to be. We're not ashamed of the gospel. We're not ashamed of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But can I tell you something? The gifts of the Holy Spirit, the proof that you have the gifts of the Holy Spirit are the fruit of the Spirit. That you should have love, joy, peace, patience. I don't want to know if you can speak in tongues and give words of knowledge and interpret tongues. I want to know, is there love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, all of those things, gentleness. I want to know, is that in your life first? Okay, because you're not impressing me with that other stuff. I I mean, I do that every day. I'm into the gifts. I use the gifts all the time. But I want to see the fruit of the Spirit in your life. That's why we're a discipleship church. Because we want to develop that fruit in your life. Amen? All right, so we've established that. Don't be forced into labels. In this new year, and for me it started a a while back, but I want, in this new year, one of my goals is to work more and more toward being the original. I want to be who God has called me to be. Amen? And I want one community to be the church that God has called this church to be. Does that make sense? Okay. Now, I'm all about learning and gleaning from other churches and bettering ourselves. Absolutely, positively. We can do that. That's great. I'm not against that. But listen, we have to be who God has called us to be. And sometimes I get whiplash because a church of this size and visitors coming and new people coming and all this. And when people come in here, there's an expectation. And typically, it's the expectation of the culture they were raised in. Okay, so they come in here with that culture mindset, and then they come in here and they want to push and force that label on us. <laughs> Am I at church today? Okay. And so they force this label on you, and sometimes I get whiplash because <clears throat> it's, it's almost, con- I got to where I laugh because criticism is just part of this job. It just comes with it. Nobody's ever going to like what you do. Everybody's not going to like what you do. Okay. And I get whiplash because they will, I mean, literally sometimes minute, in a few minutes time from each other, I'll have one person say, y'all too Pentecostal. And this person will walk off, and then this person walks up to me and says, y'all are too Southern Baptist. <laughs> I, I, I don't know, which one are we? I don't, I don't know. But do you see what the people do? They want to label you. And denominations have fed this. Now, I'm not against denominations. I love denominations, and they're doing great things around the world. But denominations put you into a label. They put you into a box. 
listen, I'm under one label. It's the church of Jesus Christ. Amen? And I want to be an original. Come on. I want to be an original. I want to be who God has called us to be. And so a lot of times people come in here and they want to force their agenda on you. I want you to be like this. Uh, I'm going to send you 45 links of this preacher that I like because I want you, pastor, to be more like him. Oh, I'm going to send the worship team all of these links to these songs I like. Has anybody asked the question, what does God want? Because that's what I want. And I'm going to be an original. And I want to be who he's called me to be, not the ministry online that, ever, that you want to watch. Okay, I want to be who God has called us to be. Everybody say, be who God's called you to be. And I'll add this. I kind of like what Coach Pittman said, Sam Pittman, coach of the Arkansas Razorback football team. He said, if you want to be a hog, then stay here and be a hog. If you don't, hit the portal. Well, there's a portal. There's a church on every corner. Knock yourself out. Okay? So, you know what I'm saying? Like, being original, and I don't mean I, I want to run people off. I love people. I want people here. But we have to be who God's called us to be. Amen. So, come on, give the Lord a hand for that. I want to talk today about people in the Bible who struggle with their identity. And the first person is Abraham. His greatest calling was his greatest struggle. He and his wife were old. How was he going to be a father? God was like, before you can become a father, you first have to be a son. And I want to tell you that has to happen today. Before you can actually be a real father. I'm not talking about fathering a child. Any man can do that. I'm talking about being a real father. And if you want to be a real father, you first have, you first have to have been a son. And you got to learn how to be a son before you can be a father. Does that make sense? And so God was doing this in Abraham. He was creating this sonship with him so he could be one day a father. Abraham means father, or a Abram means father. And every time someone spoke his name, they pushed the button of pain because this was a source of failure for Abram. I'm not a father. I'm not the label. I'm not that name. And I don't even have children. I can't have children. So quit calling me father. Then God made covenant with Abram in a covenant ceremony. And in the covenant ceremony, he changed his name. By the way, in a marriage covenant ceremony, someone's name gets changed. Is that right? So God took Abram and made him Abraham. And there's emphasis on the H there. And I could go on a rabbit trail there, but I'm not. But now his name doesn't just mean father. Now God has changed him from Abram to Abraham. And now his name means father of many nations. Which is laughable because at this point, he didn't even have children. He couldn't have children. Notice God didn't ignore his struggle. He doubled down on it. God said, I believe in who I have called you to be. And when God comes to our identity crisis, which is most people in the Bible, it is a catalyst for the calling on their life. God was not intimidated by Abraham's identity crisis, but he addressed it through one word, and the word is called faith. Everybody shout out faith. 
So Abraham had to believe God by faith that I am a father of many nations. Aren't you glad God doesn't shy away from our struggle? God uses the struggle, and God used the struggle with Abraham and Sarah, and both of them had their name changed. Abram was Abraham, Sarah was Sarah, and God changed their name. It was a name change for a game change. Come on, church. So now let's move ahead. How about Isaac, Abraham's son? We won't go into Isaac. I don't have time, so I'm going to jump ahead. Isaac had a son, two sons, Esau and Jacob. They were twins. Jacob was the younger of the two. Jacob means deceiver or thief. How would you like your name to be that? Jacob grew up hating his identity. I would too. He's insecure. I would be as well. And if you know anything about Bible culture, the firstborn received the inheritance. So Esau was born first. They were twins, but he would come out first. And he was the one promised the inheritance. Jacob lives up to his name and deceives. Imagine that. Because you will live up to your label. Don't hear what I said. You will live up to your label. Or live down, whatever. I mean, this guy lived up to this name. Deceivers, listen to this, deceivers get deceived. I'll also add to that, liars get lied to. And that's what happened to Jacob. Jacob, if you remember, wrestled with God and said, I won't let you go until you bless me. And I read this this morning in my daily reading, which was crazy a coincidence. It wasn't planned. It was just part of my daily reading. And I read this story. I thought, wow, that's confirmation. But I was reading that story. And what I noticed was, is God kept saying, what's your name? What's your name? And Jacob kept going, deceiver. And in this wrestling with God, God changed his name from Jacob, deceiver, to Israel. Jacob had to own, watch this, Jacob had to own who he was before God could make him who he wanted him to be. I don't know if I can. (laughs) God had to change who he thought he was. He had to look at who he was in order for God to create in him what he wanted him to be. Are y'all hearing me? Now watch this, because, man, I feel the Holy Spirit all over this. I got chills running all over me right now. Watch what I said. Jacob had to look at who he was. And I want to tell you today, before change can ever happen, you've got to look at who you are. And you got to look at the things you've done, and you got to take a hard look at yourself before change can ever happen. Because if you just keep denying it and saying, I'm not that way, and you're deceiving yourself. Amen? Everybody say amen again. Your identity crisis can be healed, but you first have to claim who you really are. Israel means prince with power. You talk about a contradiction to his original name. Now, now you're not this label, but you're this label. And God says, you're who I say you are. And now you have, an ear of, you have the ear of God and you have power and you have authority. And you can rule and reign. And listen to that. You can now rule and reign with authority. You are a prince. Watch that. That is so powerful. God changed his name. You will not, no longer struggle and have to overcome because now, now I've made you who you are. Is anybody catching what I'm throwing down this morning? 
You've had a name change. Can I tell you, you've had a name change. And listen, a, a name change is a game change when God changes who you are. And it's not how other people see you, and it's not perception, and it's not who you think you are. It's your original design and who God made you. God said, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. In other words, I am the God who takes something or someone uh, with a great desire who cannot fulfill it on their own, and I add myself to it, and I make them the father of many nations. How about Joseph, Jacob's son? The one, he is favored. God gave him a dream, if you'll remember. Gave him multiple dreams. But because he is favorite, he becomes least favorite by everybody else. And he's sold into slavery by his own brothers. He works his way back to the top after many years. Write this down. Labels given by man or man are as easily taken as they are given. Labels given by men are as easily taken as they are given. Joseph found out my identity in God is more important than this temporary stuff that man puts on you. And I will not give up what's on the inside for what anything that's out on the outside. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to be who God called me to be. Now let's look at Moses who we read about this morning. I'm trying to hurry. Which means to draw out. Everybody say draw out. Moses was a reject as far as Egypt was concerned. You got to read his story. You need to go there and read all about him. A burning bush starts talking to him, which was God through this burning bush. And he leaned in and God calls him into ministry. And I want you to lead God's people out of Egypt. You need to be here next week. It is powerful. I love this sermon. It's a great sermon, but I'm telling you next week, unbelievable, some unbelievable stuff that we're going to share next weekend about Egypt. Moses was like, why me? Ask somebody else. I am the wrong guy for this. Moses was like, who am I to lead your people out of Egypt? And I want to say something. And I love you. And I'm saying this in all love and all respect. I see that problem here in this church all the time. All the time. I want you, I feel like God is leading us for you to do this. And the response every time is, I can't do that. I'm not qualified to do that. I'm not able to do that. I'm not smart enough to do that. I'm not articulate enough to do that. I'm not able to do that. I'm not a people person. I'm an introvert. And we hear this all the time, all the time, all the time. I'm not, I, I'm not good with kids. God didn't call me to kids. Oh, really? Did you ask him? Or you just said that's not who I am? Amen. Everybody but Billy Riggs. He, he, he's really not called to kids ministry. I promise you that. Okay. But we hear this a lot. Oh, I can't sing. I can't play. I can't speak. I, I can't lead a group. I'm not able enough. I'm, not, I'm just not this. I'm not that. Every time the offering plate comes by, I'm not able to give. I'm not able. Do, do you catch this? And we have this identity crisis. There's three things that happen in an identity crisis. The first thing is, who am I? Who am I? I'm not qualified. I'm not able. I can't pray for people. I don't know how to do that. I don't have the right resume to do that. Here's the second thing that happens in an identity crisis. Always, these three things happen every time when you're having an identity crisis. First of all, who am I? Second of all, who is God? 
Who is God? Is God even real? And you're going to question God. If you don't know who you are, you will question who God is. Okay? So who am I and who are you, God? And here's the third one, and this is the root of the whole thing. This is what calls one and two. This is the root of the whole issue. I'm afraid. I'm afraid, and because I'm fearful, I'm going to question everything. You need to come next week. We're going to destroy fear in this place. We're running fear out of here in the name of Jesus. I said, we're running fear out of here in the name of Jesus. Moses said, I'm not a good speaker. I'm slow in speaking. I can't think of what to say. And God says, who makes people speak to begin with? You or me? Don't you know that's me? I will speak through you. And Moses said, please send somebody else. I love it. People do this all the time. God, in their prayer time, you know, they're bold in their prayer time. They're up here singing. They get to turn the worship music on. They pretend they're up here. And they're so bold. And they're going to do this and they're going to do that. And they're going to just set the world on fire for Jesus. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And then, and you're like, in your prayer time, in your prayer closet, God, send me, send me. And then God says, okay. And you say, no, don't send me. Send Pastor Jason and Alicia. Let them do everything. I'm not qualified. Have y'all read your Bible? No, no, seriously. Have you read your Bible? And and this is the misconception in the Bible Belt. I don't know where it came from. I kind of do, but I won't go into that. But there is a misconception in the Bible Belt. And the misconception is we pay you to do it. Uh, you, you, you may want to pick up this thing called the Bible and you may want to read it a little bit because you don't pay me to do your job because the Bible says you're the one supposed to be doing it. My job is to equip you to do it, which is what I'm doing right now. I'm equipping you to go do it. I'm not the guy supposed to be making all the hospital visits. You are. I'm not the guy supposed to be calling everybody. You are. <laughs> Oh, we'll pay you to do it. Send him, Lord, not me. Send the missionary, Lord. Don't send me. And the whole time God is saying, no, I'm telling you, I'm sending you. Come, Everybody say sending me. It was a little louder than I thought it was, but it still was not unanimous. <laughs> He's like, man, I can't do this. God, use me, but don't use me like that. Yeah, I'll tell you. That's what Paige said. I will tell you, God, how to use me. We always want to be, listen to this, we always want to be healed before we step into authority. We want to be whole before we open our mouth. We want a miracle to manifest, and then we will go do whatever it is God told us to do. If this, this, and this, and this, and this happen, then I will go do this, 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 and this. That is not the way it happens. I promise you that. You're going to just be sitting there forever if you're waiting on this, this, and this. Your calling will always be a contradiction. Say that again. Your calling will always be a contradiction. 
Look at, it. Look at every person in the Bible. Did you know Moses would go on to be one of the greatest communicators ever? He wrote the first five books of your Bible. This is the guy that said, I can't speak. Speaks pretty good to me. Whatever the enemy is disqualifying you with, it's connected to your calling. God doesn't work around our problems. He works with them and through them. So if you're waiting for everything to be perfect, you're going to wait forever. Watch this. Write it down. Don't allow your temporary situation to stop or limit your eternal anointing. Don't allow your temporary situation to stop or to limit your eternal anointing. If you haven't been isolated, listen to me. If you haven't been isolated, then you, haven't been, then you can't be activated. That's pretty good stuff right there. If you haven't been isolated, then you haven't yet been activated by God. And what I mean by that is, is before God uses you, He's liable to put you on the backside of a desert somewhere first. Because he's qualifying you and he's watching you to see. What's the Bible say? If you're faithful with little, I'll make you ruler of much. So sometimes God isolates you before he elevates you. Does that make sense? I promise you that happened to me. I promise you. If I told you where the first building I pastored was, you wouldn't even know where it was. Just a few people. It was my seminary. And God said, if you can't do this, you will never have all of this. The devil keeps you distracted with all of this external stuff so you won't have an internal conversation with God. Your conflict is connected to your calling. And I'm almost done. I'm almost out of time. But I want to talk about our vision for a moment. We have four vision steps here at One Community. Know God. Everybody say it with me. Know God. Find freedom. Discover your purpose. Let's go over them again. What's the first one? Second one? Discover your purpose, make a difference. That's right. Okay, know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. A lot of people, when they look at our vision, they, they think of it as checking off the boxes. So the first thing I do is check off the box one. I know God did that. Second thing, I find freedom. Went to freedom group. Second, I got that off my list. Third thing I do is discover my purpose. Check that off the list. And the last thing I do is make a difference. And we check that off our list. Am I right? We like lists. Like steps. Right? I want to say something to you. Okay? This vision, go ahead and put it up there. This vision right here that we have at One Community is not linear. And we think that our vision is linear. We check it off the box. Our vision is not linear. Our vision is circular. It keeps moving. So once I know God, I'm not done knowing God. Once I make a difference, I'm not done making a difference. Once I find freedom, I'm still trying to find freedom. And once I discover my purpose, I keep doing this thing over and over and over and over. And it keeps moving and moving. And the more I know God, the more I want to know God, the more I find freedom, the more freedom I want, the more I discover my purpose, the more purpose I want, the more I make a difference, the more I want to make a difference. Does that make sense? This vision is not linear. It's circular. It keeps going and going and going. Everybody say going. The last thing, your calling is a collaboration. 
Did you know you serve a God that can handle you wrestling with Him for change? Every person in the Bible, the I am changed their I am. He changed their identity. Your identity is not just made up of you, but your identity is made up of you and God. But let me tell you something. You are never going to arrive at a point in your life where you will not have to do spiritual laundry and spiritual dishes. Just not going to happen. Write this down. The more of me, my flesh, I give up, the more freedom I actually have. Let me say that again. The more of me I give up, the more flesh I give up, the more freedom that I experience. That's why we have 21 days of fasting and prayer. What are you doing? When you're fasting something, food or otherwise, when you're fasting, you're pushing your flesh down so your spirit can come up. You stop lead because we're humans and we lead with our flesh. And so when you start fasting, you're putting your flesh under submission so your spirit can lead. And you start leading with your spirit instead of leading with your flesh. Does that make sense? Paul said God's power is made perfect in weakness. You and I were never created to be enough. We will never be enough on our own. We have to have God. There is a God-shaped hole in every single person. And without Him filling that hole, we will never be enough. When His I am meets my I am, then I'm strong. Pastor Daniel, if you would come. I don't need my soapbox to tell everybody who I am. God, change me. Not situations. God, change me. Everybody say, change me. Don't change the church. Well, the church is the church's fault. (laughs) No. God, change me. Does that make sense? I feel like there are people in here right now under the sound of my voice and maybe watching through that camera right now. And you have an identity crisis. I believe there are people in here struggling with who they are. And you're tired of the destructive labels that are being placed on you. And what we're going to do here in just a few moments. Worship team, y'all come up too. I want y'all to do that song you just did. Shout to the Lord. Lord, what we want to do is we want to trade the way we see ourselves for the way you see us. Lord, that's what we want to happen is that, Lord, today that we would trade how we see, it, see us and the perception that other people and the persona that other people see us. And today, God, we want to be an original. We want to be who you've called us to be. Lord, I feel like in this moment for somebody, there's something someone following you and you feel disqualified and it's almost like a spirit of heaviness just follows you everywhere you go and God said today I want you to discover who I've called you to be I want you to quit being what everybody else wants you to be. I want you to quit living up to the persona and the perception that the world and culture puts on you and you have to be like this and you have to be like that. And I want you to be who I've called you to be. I see so many people, they, they're they searching, trying to find out who they are. 
And a lot of times when you don't know who you are, you're going to change a lot. You're going to change jobs. You're going to change cities. You're going to move around a lot. You're going to do this a lot because you don't know who you are. But the problem is, even if you move, you're still there. You've never been changed. The one common denominator is you. So you can move and you can run from this and you can change churches and you can do this and you can do that, but you're still you. And God is saying today, I want to change who you are and I want to put me in you and I want you to be who I've called you to be. I want you to be an original. Holy Spirit, change in this moment how we see ourselves. Change how we see ourselves. You know, there's an old saying that says you don't bring a knife to a gunfight. And what the enemy does is he comes against your mind and it feels like a knife just sticking you in the head. And sometimes you even go, oh, stop, stop. I want it to stop. And it's the enemy just stabbing you in your head and he's stabbing you in your mind. But don't bring a knife to a gunfight. And what I want to tell you is when you begin to speak the word of the Lord, it's like gunpowder. It's like a gun going off inside of you. When you begin to speak God's Word, when you begin to speak and to say to the enemy, I don't believe you. I will not believe your lies. I will not believe what you're telling me. I don't agree with you, devil, and my words will not agree with you. I'm going to agree with God and who God has called me to be. And when you do that, it's like gunpowder in your mouth. And it explodes when you begin to speak forth the things of God and you quit letting Him stab you and beat you up and bully you. Man, I believe it right now. Labels are fixing to come off in Jesus' name. I said labels are coming off in the name of Jesus. If everybody in this room would just stand for a few moments as we close out this service, if you would stand, I want to invite the altar team to come down. Uh, If the altar team would take their place. And I believe right now that labels are coming off. As this team comes down and they're prepared to pray for you today, they're going to be standing here. Here's how this works. If you're a man, come pray with one of the men standing down here. If you're a lady, come pray with one of these ladies that are standing down here in the altar today. And I believe that labels are coming off. Thanks for joining us today. Be sure to join us next week for another encouraging message from Pastor Jason Yarbrough and One Community Church of El Dorado.